everyone. Thanks in advance for listening. Just a quick word before we get going. The sound quality in this episode was not as good as I would have liked at times. Most of it is okay, I think, but apologies. Uh, I've discovered that trying to find a place with a bit of atmosphere, but not too much atmosphere, isn't always that easy. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode regardless. Right, episode five of the Team on Tours Real Football Stories. The last one of the series before Christmas, and I'm incredibly excited because today... I'm joined by an actual qualified referee, uh, and I feel as if it's pretty rare to hear match officials' views on football. So I'm really grateful to you, Samuel Ranth, for coming on the podcast uh, and for agreeing to do this in English. Uh, Although, to be honest, from my previous conversations with you, I'm actually quite worried because I think your English is probably better than mine. You're going to make me look bad. Where, Where did you learn to speak English so unbelievably well? Well, thank you for your kind words. And I uh, actually learned uh, my English in, in Spain. I have had uh, great teachers. And, well, uh, they had an effect on me. I am an English teacher by day. Uh, and I can tell you, most of my students are not nearly as good as you. So maybe I need to look at myself. Maybe it's my, it's really my fault. <laughs> now, as I said, you are a, a referee. But you're also an assistant referee as well. Is that correct? Uh, well, no one, yes. I am a referee in the sense that I have uh, my, my chair as a referee. At, I work games at the fifth tier uh, of the Spanish football ladder in Madrid, which is the regional preferente. Yep. And uh, I also get games uh, at the tercera división, which is the fourth tier, and uh, at the primera regional, uh, which is the sixth tier. Now, you will have to forgive me, but I have to start by asking the obvious question. Uh, and this is based on my perception, mostly as a fan, of how difficult a job being a referee is uh, and how much criticism they get as well. Uh, why on earth did you decide that you wanted to become a referee? Well, uh, I, I was a football player until, uh, until I was, uh, I don't know, if 13 or 14. Are you a good player? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I was uh, the right-footed man with two left, left feet. <laughs> I was incredibly bad. Uh, but, uh, well, I kept playing with my friends on the park uh, during our school breaks, uh, very much as, uh, as any other kid. And uh, when, uh, before I turned 18, I wanted to come back to, to the game. And uh, well, uh, one of my friends suggested that I turn a referee. My first uh, reply wasn't really kind. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Two weeks later, I I was uh, already applying. I sent all, all my papers, uh, and when they organized a referee course in Alcala, they called me and what? Well, there I went. Nine years on, here I am. How, how old were you at oh, that point? Oh, I was eighteen. I was eighteen. Um, yep. Is there a, a minimum age that you need to be to to call, to apply to become a referee? Oh no. Uh, there, uh, well, uh, yes, uh, there is, but it is not eighteen. Uh, I think it is 14. Uh, yeah, obviously, okay. you need uh, to be authorized by your parents if you are under the age of 18. But yes, you can become a referee before you turn 18. There's okay, no right. Now, I, my, my experience of being a referee is limited to one match uh, at university. And for me, one of the most difficult things about that was, obviously, being a football player, one of the things for me was I was always moving in the position to receive a pass from one of the players uh, instead of trying to stay out of the way. Is that the most difficult transition to, that you need to make when you go from 
being a, a footballer to being a referee? Well, that is uh, definitely one of the first things you have to learn uh, because most of us have been players at some point in our life yeah. and, uh, and we always uh, want to get the ball and we find that suddenly we are always uh, in the middle uh, of a pass. But uh, fortunately, uh, we start uh, with the easier games, uh, which are between uh, U10s, uh, U8s. And at that age, uh, play happens uh, slowly. Uh, I mean, uh, the kids are learning uh, to play football and you are learning how to officiate football games. Do you remember the first match that you officiated? I remember mine perfectly. One team was very strong. The other team was absolutely terrible. Uh, and I think the final score was 12-0, which for me was fantastic because it meant I didn't have any uh, game-deciding uh, moments. So nothing was uh, was my fault. Do you remember your first match? Well, I remember a number of things about that match. Uh, I think it was something uh, like a team's C and D of the U10s of one of the clubs from okay. Alcalá. <laughs> but uh, what I do remember about that game is that... Uh, I spent uh, the last uh, few minutes before the game feeling a bit self-conscious, not anxious, but uh, really, I wanted to do well. Uh, my questions were, uh, am, I, am I up to the job? Uh, yeah. Will I uh, do a good game? And at first, it looked a bit impressive. Now I look back and say, come on, uh, it wasn't that difficult. <laughs> And um, I remember that uh, it took me a few seconds, maybe five seconds, uh, just to say, okay, just enjoy, relax. Um, what well, I think I did better than I thought I was going to do. Ah, uh, brilliant. <laughs> I okay. Well, I guess I guess that's it. I guess when you don't know what to expect and it's the first time you do it, you you just don't want to make mistakes, do you? Indeed, because well, after all, I am there to make the decisions that. Uh, will help the game go as it has to be, as it has to go. So I I don't want to make mistakes, but also once I make a good decision, I want to manage it properly. I want, uh, I want th that the players don't fight each other, that they play football, that they focus on the game, etc. Okay, yeah. Uh, now you talked about your beginnings as a referee, so you applied to do a course when you were, you were 18. How are referees spotted in terms of how do you know how did how do they decide okay this this guy is going to become a good referee or we want this guy to, to continue with yeah. us well uh, in those games uh, there is a person uh, from the referee association or the referee committee as, as, as you prefer uh, who is also uh, who is a certified referee of a, of a higher uh, at a higher division or who has been and uh, and well they are there uh, so that the youngest uh, referees get advice from them and they also assess uh, these referees hmm. and they tell uh, the committee how well or bad they did it's normally well because yeah. uh, well they, uh, the course makes uh, uh, has uh, some effect on them yeah. and they also tell them the things they are getting right the things they are not getting quite right and so uh, so that referees can improve of course. So when you're a when you're a young referee yeah. and you're you're learning to become yeah. a you know a good referee, um, what kind of things do they look for? What kind of things do they assess you for? Well, uh, you need to project uh, self confidence. Yeah. Uh, you, you, obviously, you need to be calm, etc. Yeah, uh, players can't get your nerves. 
Uh, and, well, that must be quite hard sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, obviously, they want you to make right decisions. Uh, but not only that, because after all, you can miss a yellow card, uh, and you can even miss a penalty. I, I, I hope you. I haven't missed many, but uh, uh, but uh, they want you uh, to be in control of the situation. They want you to uh, get uh, the the game to a safe conclusion, and uh, they assess your ability uh, to to do that. Obviously, they want to punish you if one of the teams uh, don't behave, but obviously they take into account the things you did so that they behave. Mm. So what what kind of things can you do? as a referee, to make teams behave? Well, uh, for instance, uh, sometimes you have to caution a player for dissent when they are giving you a piece of their mind. Uh, uh, other times, uh, you just need to talk to them. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes uh, you need to wait more for advantage. Sometimes you need to wait less because they are not quite in the mood for, for playing. So you need you need to gauge the match atmosphere, and you you have uh, to do what the match uh, requires. Uh, for instance, uh, imagine if players uh, comes to me and uh, and comments me, uh, ref, I think that was a penalty. Please be careful. There's no way I am giving that man a caution, a yellow card for that. Yeah. But if the uh, if the uh, protest is something different, so like more aggressive or yeah, yeah. then maybe. Uh, then maybe I just uh, tell them to come down to focus or I give them a yellow card. Obviously, it depends on what they do, on uh, on how they are behaving, you know. Is there a, is there kind of a rule in yeah. terms of swearing at referees in Spain? Well, you can't swear, uh, well, not to a referee, not, uh, uh, not at anyone. Uh, indeed, uh, it is written... Literally uh, this way that in the laws of the game that uh, it is a it is a dismissible offense, which means that you get a red card if yeah. you do that. Uh, to use offensive, uh, insulting or humiliating uh, language or gestures. So well, obviously they don't. They were, they just don't send regards to my family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they don't send you Christmas cards uh, either. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not during the game. <laughs> um, well, okay. Just going back to, to to you know coming through as a referee. Um, yeah. Is there a lot of competition for people who want to become a referee to a decent level? Yes, uh, of course there, there is. Uh, any sportsman uh, wants uh, to do it the best they can. Uh, if you bring me a player who doesn't want uh, to be at a World Cup final and, and win it, then I will show you a vegetarian wolf. <laughs> and, and well, uh, so uh, it's and every one of the referees at my chair wanted to get promotion. So we are going to do our best within our uh, ability uh, to, to get that. However, all we can do at this uh, moment is to focus on our next game and, yep. to, and to get it as best as we can. Okay. I feel I feel like I'm speaking to uh, Cholo Simeone <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, how difficult is it for young referees like yourself yeah. to progress, as you said, to move up through the levels? Well, it is as difficult for us as it is for for anyone else uh, because uh, you need uh, not only to have good on-field performances. You also need uh, to have uh, good exams because uh, we uh, we are examined. Uh, uh, twice a year, um, 
in person, that we literally sit an exam uh, in a classroom with lots of the game questions and also videos and match report questions. So like a theory, a kind of a theory yeah, exam. Theory and also videos. Uh, for instance, okay. they, uh, they show you a clip from one game yeah. and, you have, and you have to guess the right decision. Um, you also have fitness tests uh, where you have to sprint uh, 40 meters, 44 yards, uh, six times. Okay. With a short recovery, and you also need uh, to to do the the yo-yo uh, test, where you have to run back and forth uh, between uh, between two markers. Oh, yeah, shuttle, uh, shuttle yes, runs, yeah. Yeah, shuttle runs, yeah. Um, yeah. And well, obviously, it speeds uh, up as it uh, as time uh, passes. And well, uh, with that uh, test, they try uh, to get an estimate of our endurance. Of, Mm. So, which isn't quite needed because running for 19 minutes is, isn't quite easy. No, well, I know that's it because you don't you don't stop really for ah. for 90 minutes, do you? Just coming on to your career, yeah. As we mentioned, you are a referee, but you're also an assistant referee. Do you have a preference between the two? Uh, well, uh, it's right that I I like to be an assistant at at, at some games, well, at any games uh, because I really like the role. But I like more uh, to be a referee. I feel that I have more responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, I have to praise my assistants uh, because uh, it is a really difficult job. They uh, they have to be aware of things that the referee is not aware of. Uh, they have to help the referee uh, keep the game under control. And all too often, my assistants uh, realize things that I completely miss. You miss, yeah. Yes, and uh, the and the intel uh, they provide is really helpful. Do you, I think I probably know the answer to this question, mm -hmm. do you always work with the same assistants? Uh, well, uh, almost. Uh, ah, almost, okay. Yes, uh, in Regional Preferente, which uh, is my division, the fifth chair, uh, they try that the first assistant, the one who's running on the touchline next uh, to the trainers, to the coaches, that should be the same uh, as long as possible. Obviously, there are exceptions, uh, or maybe he, he may get another game. But uh, the other one uh, changes because it would be virtually impossible for us uh, to have always the same rider. Right, I'm really interested in what you say. That does that mean that the the assistant who is on the touchline beside the trainers yeah. they have more? I guess they have more responsibility. Than the other assistant. Yes, because they have to, uh, uh, the uh, the other assistant uh, is in control of offside or whether the the ball gets out of uh, play or not, yeah. or also fouls that happen uh, that happen near him. But uh, the other guy is the one who can uh, talk to a, to a coach. Who can uh, imagine that the coach is getting a bit agitated? Uh, okay, I can go there and show him a yellow or a red card. But sometimes. Uh, all they need is that the assistant reminds him to be calm, to to, uh, to be helpful. And um, normally they do. Normally, uh, normally my uh, my assistants have spared me a couple a couple of runs uh, towards the benches. Okay. Yeah, because after all, most coaches try to help us, and if if they are aware that they aren't being helpful, then they say, ah, "Okay, thank you, sorry," and just move on and just stop uh, that and indeed they try uh, they tend uh, to tell players to be quiet to respect our calls to help us 
So that's really nice of them. Okay, I'd never really thought about it before, but it makes total sense now that you've explained it to me. So is that in that in that way then that that assistant is a little bit like the fourth official when there's no fourth official? (laughs) Yes, uh, indeed. Well, I think it was just thirty thirty years ago that fourth officials became a thing. Before they just sent three guys and uh, and the first assistant was uh, in charge of everything. Even at the World Cup final, I mean, it would be impossible uh, f- for us to have a fourth official in each and every game. And uh, from from the second division B, from the third tier uh, Down, yeah. downwards, yeah. we don't have fourth officials. But uh, normally coaches uh, realize and they, they, they know that, and and then and then they try not to create much trouble. Other important uh, stuff about the fourth official is that he really helps uh, us speed up changes, substitutions. Yeah, of course. But, well, in our games, we just take a few extra seconds and, and we, add, we just add that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, makes, that makes sense. Uh, one of the things that annoys me about football at the, the top level is when you watch it, you're watching a game on the television yeah. and there's been a, maybe some kind of controversial decision. And you see the manager going crazy at the fourth official. Why? The fourth official did not make the decision. Uh, does, yeah. does the fourth official always agree with the, the referee? Of course. I mean, uh, Does he have to? <laughs> well, it's not that he has to, but if they see the same thing, then it is uh, common sense that, it, it, that he will say what the referee would have said. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the role of the fourth official is not to enter into a debate on whether the referee was right or not. If the fourth official is positive that the referee is, uh, didn't get it right, he he can tell the referee, and the, uh, well, the referee makes the final decision, but if, uh, uh, if the referee takes into account that, then it will be over. So uh, since they tend to agree, because uh, otherwise they wouldn't make that decision, yeah. Then uh, the fourth official just explain, explains and, uh, and asks the, uh, the coach to calm down because, after all, that doesn't help uh, the game. That doesn't help anyone there. Yeah, no, of course. No, for me, it was interesting, the, the teamwork aspect. I was having a conversation uh, just at the weekend with somebody at a game and we said the referees should always, should always work in teams, which yes. maybe works to a certain extent. But I remember... You know, there was a there was a World Cup final, I think, where the three the three officials had never met each other before. Ooh. I don't know how long ago this was, but yeah, for me, it was, yeah, yeah, it was quite yeah, incredible yeah. that this yeah, this would happen. Yeah. For instance, you would never see that at the Premier League or or in La Liga. No, nowadays, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, well, at that level of play with so few match officials, mm. uh, it is uh, easier to make teams to make uh, the the same team always work uh, work together. Uh, there are chances, but uh, chances uh, are few and far between them. Mm. And they, uh, and if you always work with the same guys, it will be easier. Of course, yeah, you understand each other better, and you yes, know how each did. other works. Yeah, because yeah. when I look at my at my assistant in the eye, I already know what he's going to tell me, and that's because we have done some games together, and uh, and uh, well, that make us uh, work our games better, I think. Yeah, no, it makes makes total sense. Yeah, 
What's the, the biggest game that you have been involved in as an official? I'm happy that, uh, that we're recording the interview today and not uh, one week before. <laughs> uh, because uh, it was uh, last Saturday. I, I got the UEFA Regions Cup game between the Basque Country and the Canary Islands. Uh, well, not between the professional uh, teams, but between the amateur regional teams. Yes, I've never... I don't think I've ever mentioned this either on the vlog or on the podcast, but it's like a non-professional amateur yeah, competition between regions in, in Spain. Yeah, yeah. And, it, uh, and I mean, uh, these are the best players from the Tercera División clubs in the in the regions, and uh, this is uh, for most of them who are amateur because they, they, they aren't professional players. Uh, that is the most uh, they can dream of. Yeah. And uh, this is a competition they really enjoy, and uh, it was uh, it was a total pleasure uh, for us uh, to be at the camp. I was just an assistant uh, there. I, obviously, I tried, uh, I tried my best, and I really invite the referee who was in charge of, of that. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, well, uh, he's a really good friend of mine. He he had a good game, and I really like uh, to work with him. Brilliant. Yeah. So that was the that was the biggest game so far. Yeah. Do you have any objectives as a as a referee or <laughs> as an assistant referee for the future? Well, I would like uh, to take the center in one, in one of these games, but for the time being, to focus on the next game, that partido partido, and I look forward uh, to to have a good season and who knows if I can get promoted. I'll try. Partido partido. Are you an Atletico Madrid fan? No. <laughs> Are, do referees have to have to tell anyone which teams they support? No, nobody. And uh, really, it, uh, I've al I've always wondered this. Yeah, some referees are a bit outspoken about the teams they support. Uh, others uh, are not. Uh, and I mean, uh, uh, when time goes by, you well, uh, there is one team you really support, which is normally the national team of Spain. Okay, <laughs> you, right. Okay, good answer. Like good answer. But uh, <laughs> but uh, nothing besides that. And even if I watch uh, a game uh, of the Spanish national team, I really see the game with the perspective of the referee on the and. And I, I, I tend to focus on the referee yeah. more than I focus on the players. And uh, yes, I want Spain to win. I was really happy when uh, when Spain won the World Cup. But uh, I want I also want the referee uh, to to have a good game. See, I've never thought about that before. Like, if you watch a game as a referee, yeah, you'd be more more interested in the performance yeah. of the referee yeah. than yeah. maybe the match itself. Yeah, well, that's but yeah. That, that's part uh, of the match uh, and. When I uh, when I watch a game with my with my friends, uh, they are annoyed at times because I say, uh, "What? Uh, what? Uh, did you see where the referee was there?" They say, "No, the referee is like it's like air to me." <laughs> that's well, that's funny because they they just look uh, at the players. Uh, whereas I I focus a lot on on the referee, on the assistant, on uh, on where should the referee go. That's brilliant. Do you do you wear like your referee shirt to watch the game just to support the to support the referee? It di it didn't come to my mind before. <laughs> next one, the next one you got. Uh, now I always I always feel that as a player and not not an especially great player, uh, you know I always remember moments where I've done something really good in a match or maybe also done something really bad in a match. Um, as a referee or as an assistant referee, yeah. do you remember? Great decisions that you made, or do you remember more like the mistakes that you made, the bad mistakes that you made? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, at the beginning, it is 
impossible to get a video of your game. Imagine who uh, will be recording a cool match of uh, between uh, under 10 uh, players. That doesn't happen. Okay. And even if they do, it, uh, I wouldn't predict that uh, video uh, getting me. They don't but, like it, yeah. yeah. But once, uh, once you, you get the video of one of your games, uh, if uh, well, uh, I know a lot of referees, of course, none of them uh, would uh, refrain from watching themselves officiating because that really helps us uh, detect mistakes. Yeah, because, you learn from your mistakes, yeah, because, right? Uh, when I when, when I am officiating a game, uh, I don't have VAR. A big, a big surprise. There's <laughs> <laughs> no VAR in preferente or no, tercera. No, <laughs> can't believe it. Can't believe and, it. Uh, so I, of course, think that my decisions are right decisions. Uh, otherwise, I would I wouldn't make uh, the yeah, decisions. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And well, when when I when I see that at home, uh, relax. If I see one of my mistakes, then I say, oh come on, how did I did that? Uh, whereas when I get right decisions, yeah, that was a fall. Yeah, that was a throwing. Yeah, yeah, that was a corner kick. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, referees are expected to get right decisions. So. I think it is a good sign that bad decisions stand out of the rest. Okay, yeah. Do you always, at the, at the level you officiate at, so tercera, fourth year, preferente, fifth year, do you always have the opportunity to watch the videos of the matches you have been involved in? Not always. Uh, I generally have the opportunity. Most clubs record their games and uh, they usually uh, give us uh, the video. We just uh, give them our email addresses and they just uh, send it over the course of a couple of days. And uh, I have to really thank them because uh, that is really kind of them. Uh, they have no need to do that. Uh, yeah. Yet they do. And that is really helpful. Uh, because uh, I can not only think of the decisions I don't uh, get right. I also I can also work, and that is what uh, interests me the most, on why I made uh, that mistake. And sometimes, as I, I for instance, uh, when it comes to positioning on the field of play, we find that it is uh, the reason uh, behind. Uh, the vast majority of our mistakes and okay. then uh, we can work on uh, on our positioning for, or or take match management uh, sometimes there is some beef be between players we don't uh, realize our assistants don't realize either but in the video we detect uh, we see something strange in none of the faults they, uh, they make and thank, uh, since uh, video makes those things, those little things clear as day, when we go to our next match, uh, we can uh, get those things right and control uh, and, and control the, the game a little bit better. I guess there are things that you little things you learn yeah. from every game, really. Aren't yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember the the biggest mistake that you've you've ever made as a referee? Well, well, I'm not sure if this was uh, my biggest mistake, but at least this is the biggest mistake I am aware of. So you stuck it, in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not stuck in, in our mind, but uh, uh, but this really helps us uh, improve. And uh, fortunately, uh, fortunately enough, I, I, we, I, I got the video of the game. Essentially, I didn't uh, find it. It found me. I, I was just 
watching random stuff on YouTube yeah. and uh, and uh, I found out the video of that game. I hope it wasn't one of my vlogs, was it? <laughs> no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, it was some uh, some time ago. Okay, okay. And I decided uh, I decided to watch the game. And something I remember about that game was that the first half had been really easy. Players did cooperate. If I got one of the false run, they, they they forgave it and, and forgot it at the moment. Okay. It was a really easy first half, but the beginning of the second half, uh, I, I called a penalty. It was it was a handball penalty, and to me it was clear as day that it was a penalty. And I thought I was in the right position uh, to see what I had to see. As the audience uh, may guess now, uh, it was a gross mistake, okay. and uh, I, I saw it. Clearest day on video, and uh, the lesson I took from from that uh, from that mistake was that I wasn't where I had to be. I, I was just a uh, handful of yards away from where I had to be to spot that, but it wasn't. So where, every where yard counts, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, and something that really changed <laughs> with that mistake because it uh, it wasn't just about that penalty, about that goal. Yeah. Was that the atmosphere of the game really changed and players were mad at me. They were right. I mean, they shouldn't have been that mad. Uh, I, I am not encouraging players uh, to be mad at referees if, if, <laughs> if, 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 if they get the penalty wrong. <laughs> but that really changed the game. And I think I, uh, I would uh, do things very different uh, today thanks to that video. How, how important and, and how difficult is it for... A referee to forget about a mistake immediately. So in the middle of a match, even if obviously maybe you don't know it's a mistake, yeah. but if you have a suspicion where maybe you're yeah. like, mm, you're yeah. doubting yourself. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, uh, since uh, as we said before, uh, in preferente there is no VAR, so uh, it is not until we watch it that uh, after the game that we realize that we made a mistake. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes uh, players uh, react in a way that makes you think that the foul you called wasn't quite a foul, that the penalty may not be a penalty. Uh, these are uh, really real things, but you just move on. Uh, if you got a penalty right, that's perfect. If you got the decision wrong, there's nothing you can do about it. So why should you worry about that? Obviously, uh, uh, there, uh, there, is a, there is a game to manage. Uh, it can change. You have to be aware of the things. You can't let players uh, get under your skin. And you just have to move on and to do the best, let's say, 30 minutes you have left if that happens in minute 60 because there is no other thing you can do. It is already bad to make one mistake. Don't make two. Yeah, of course. Right, I feel, I feel like I've asked you a lot of questions about making mistakes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one about obviously a more positive type of question. Yeah. Do you think referees get enough praise for good performances or for getting big decisions or difficult decisions correct? Well, problem is that uh, if, uh, if if you're playing a football game, you make uh, an obvious handball, and and I call it. You probably won't be too happy to admit it was a handball. You'll still com the, players yeah. still complain, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, nor will your teammates. Yeah. Uh, but after, normally after the game, people just move on, and normally players uh, tend to appreciate the work you, you did, the work you did, uh, even if they lost, even if uh, even if you didn't give them a penalty they thought it was, they tend to appreciate that. Maybe uh, maybe they can say. 
Well, uh, if you had given us that penalty, you would have done a perfect match, but you did a great job. See you next time. So, well, in the game of the moment, uh, players uh, have much to play, but uh, normally after the game, they tend to appreciate that. And that's something, that's something I like. Yeah, okay. Well, how do, how do players and managers in general uh, behave towards referees at the level you... You appreciate that. In general, their behavior is quite good. Um, all of us know of the people who go to a game just to shout at the referee, oh, yes. of the players who are in who are in the mood for a fight. But this is not normal at Preferente. Uh, normally, they really focus on the game. Uh, it is just about football. And uh, the way they uh, try to influence us is not by sending uh, regards uh, to our team, but <laughs> uh, by saying, Ref, you're doing a good job, but uh, please uh, pay attention to the way uh, their number four is pulling our shirts. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, please, it is really uh, quite polite in general. Obviously, sometimes... One can uh, one player can uh, can lose their nerves. They can say something a bit rude that uh, makes him uh, get a yellow card. I think I haven't uh, dismissed any player with a with a straight red card for telling me anything in preferente. Okay, that's not normal, not at all. Mm, okay, right. I have to ask you about yeah. supporters. Because, okay, when I go to a game, I'm obviously with the supporters and sometimes I see there can be a guy and it feels like, just what you said, it feels like he's gone there just just to criticise the referee yeah. or maybe more specifically the assistant referee because obviously, preferente level, tercera level, the supporters are very close to the pitch. So you can literally be yeah. one metre from the yeah. from the assistant referee. Um, how, do, how do supporters in general treat officials? In general, they treat as well. Obviously, there are exceptions. And well, I understand that uh, in the heat of a moment, uh, if they believe something is a penalty, they can scream, ref, that's a penalty. Come on. Uh, there is no way I can get that as bad behavior. Uh, but I have to admit that when I am, uh, when, when I am officiating again, I don't quite realize what they tell me. It's like... Uh, uh, two yards uh, behind uh, uh, behind the touchline, it's all noise. Yeah, and yeah. So if you're in the middle, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, notice, yeah, yeah. But well, obviously, when I go to watch one of my uh, friends, I I see that uh, from the outside, and yes, some uh, uh, supporters are a bit uh, conflictive. Yeah. They really uh, go there to vent off. Uh, they, I think uh, they see the referee as their weekend scapegoat, but yeah. uh, that's not the norm. No, uh, behavior is, in general, at least respectful. Right, no, because I, I, I've just always thought that about being an assistant referee. Do you notice more when you're an assistant referee? Well, when you're an assistant referee, of course, you have people uh, quite close to you. And uh, then they, uh, well, obviously, if, if you flag or, or if you don't flag offside, depending on which uh, side they support, they support, they will scream, offside, it was an offside. But uh, that, that would be it. But uh, instead of uh, insulting us, they tend to come 
uh, close to us. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Yeah. that they talk us to yeah, where we are not wearing the, the communicator. Okay, okay. And, and, they, and they say, uh, Lensman, you, you have to pay attention to their striker, he's always offside. Yeah, you are doing great, but uh, please make sure he isn't offside. And then you say, well, okay, he <laughs> just uh, let it go because uh, obviously we are not there to, to talk to supporters. But okay. that's something you can't not hear. Yeah, I think your I think your uh, your example there was very was very polite compared to some of the ones I have I have heard because I've always thought it must be quite difficult when you're there. You're the the assistant referee, and there's somebody kind of in your ear constantly. Yeah. It must be quite hard to like not well, not well, turn around and say something or <laughs> or. or do something. Well, it was in one ear, out the other, even though <laughs> there's a communicator uh, on the other. But uh, the thing is, when you're focused on the game, you really don't care about what uh, about what they say because uh, you have you have a game uh, uh, to uh, to oversee. You have a referee to help, and then you just don't care. Uh, it is more important to me when I am assistant to help the referee get the decisions right. Uh, to uh, to bring the game to a safe conclusion and to and then to give these people a piece of moment because after all that's not my business. Now something I wanted to ask you about and I'm saying this as someone who is not a referee but it's, it's an opinion I've always had was that referees and you know particularly a professional level because you you watch it on the television they should have the opportunity to to speak after matches and to explain controversial decisions. So, you know, just when they, they do the interviews with players, they do the interviews with managers, why not do referee interviews if there was a particularly contentious decision? As a referee, yeah. how do you feel about that? Well, I don't know what to say. Uh, and uh, The thing that comes to my mind is that if you have a match between uh, teams A and B, uh, there will always be some decisions that uh, A uh, supporters will see black, B supporters will see white. Yes, one of them will be right, but uh, they will not move on because, uh, uh, for instance, uh, take the penalty situ uh, situations. Uh, if A uh, are attacking, uh, A supporters will say that it was penalty, clear as day. The supporters will say that uh, there is no way the referee can give a penalty for that. So, even I think that most people, uh, even if they had all the points of law clear made to them, they wouldn't change their mind because they see it through the eyes of a supporter. Uh, but I think they wouldn't be convinced, especially about controversial decisions. However, uh, I do think that uh, the loss of the game should be explained uh, more and more. Probably, uh, I think it shouldn't be up to referees uh, to do that, because uh, there is quite a lot uh, there. And I would really like uh, to hear more uh, commentary uh, based on the on the loss of the game. And uh, for instance, with VAR, uh, I have seen that people know uh, normally what can be reviewed uh, uh, with VAR, yeah. what cannot be reviewed. And uh, I, I say, okay, if you uh, tell uh, things uh, to people in a way they can understand without going to study 200 pages, then they will uh, really get that. And, uh, and that really helps us because 
nobody asks uh, referees to review a yellow card situation because they know yellow cards aren't. I'm part of that, yeah. Yeah, I'm part of that. Right, I want to ask you about training. How oh. much training do referees do? Because I remember trying to trying to meet you to do the recording and you said, oh, I've got training this night, I've got training the next night. Yeah. Do you do a lot of training? Well, uh, I am not only a referee. I I am also a member of an athletics club. I, I really like uh, track athletics. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that is something I I enjoy, and that takes a lot of time. But uh, referees don't need to be athletes, uh, okay. and it's not in the sense they don't need to go run the four hundred meters or the of, or the two hundred meters. Uh, they have a, a dedicated. Um, a dedicated uh, trainer. Uh, they, if they can't attend the uh, the, the training sessions, uh, they have uh, uh, they have the schedule for them. They can do it on their own. Okay. Uh, and well, uh, these people are available. Uh, they are doing a really good job uh, because, uh, for instance. If a referee needs uh, to work on something, they will tell and they will say, okay, instead of doing what your partners are doing, uh, they introduce uh, a couple of tweaks uh, here and there. Or, or for instance, uh, in, if a referee is coming back from injury, he can't train uh, in the same way his partners uh, are doing. So he will adjust uh, the plan so that the recovery is as smooth as possible. This is something really, really important because, after all, referees have to be really fit. And this is an aspect that I, I think that Madrid has got really right. Okay, right, yeah. Um, so what does your training consist of on an, a normal training session? Well, the uh, problem is that my training sessions are, uh, with, the, uh, are with the athletics uh, club. And okay. I, I really work on speed, which was, my, which was my deficit before. Okay. I am not as fast as I would like to so that's uh, what I train I will pay a lot of attention uh, to, to the warm up uh, right. stage and then whatever my coach uh, says uh, that, uh, that I have to do um, but normally speed speed endurance uh, repeated sprint, uh, sprinting ability uh, also resistance uh, and well after all Everyone needs uh, a path uh, to get to, uh, to the fitness standards that the game demands. So it's not the case where you have a training session and there's 30 referees who all turn up and do... Well, my case, not in my case, you, but, yeah. uh, but most referees uh, train together. And, uh, and I have been part of those sessions and they're really nice because uh, most of us are quite close to one another. Yeah. And uh, the, and the atmosphere there is uh, something I something I really like, and that really helps referees get addicted to uh, to, uh, to training. Yeah. That uh, makes them engage uh, to the, to the training sessions, and that makes uh, them progress. Uh, because after all, if you don't train, you are not going to be fit. And 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 in, with in this aspect. They have really delivered uh, good solutions. Right, so it's all it's obviously all going to be fitness based. There's not actually there will be any football involved, I guess. Oh no, in a referee's training session. Uh, uh, not in these sessions. Uh, when uh, this wasn't this way when I when I was when I became a certified referee. Okay. But uh, this happens now because now uh, there is the infrastructure, there are the resources uh, that this need that this uh, takes. 
and uh, they get uh, some sessions with with uh, second division B referees, assistants, or uh, maybe a little bit up or down uh, the ladder, and they tell them uh, how to use a flag, how to use the whistle, how to run the line, a little bit on how they must position. But most of the training, uh, in this sense, is uh, happens during those games with the person uh, from the from the referee committee, and. That is something that really helps them improve on okay. the field. So you obviously incorporate your, you know, referee training into your athletics uh, training. Oh, it's a bit no? the other way around. Uh, uh, indeed, okay. and I have uh, learned uh, some things uh, in, in athletics. Uh, for instance, the way I run. Uh, that uh, I have uh, the focus on my running technique. It's something that has uh, really helped me endure more and more and more. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, it takes a lot of time, uh, and uh, I understand that that people have uh, other things to do uh, because, well, uh, nobody uh, at this uh, level of football lives uh, from football. All, all of us have to work, to study, uh, to learn languages, etc. But uh, I did that, and that has really helped me uh, become a better referee in the sense that I, I, I get less tired during the games, yeah. so I think that helps make better decisions. Okay, right. How does, well, you mentioned it there in relation to obviously being part-time, a yeah. part-time referee, or even a part-time player, I guess is the yeah. same. Um, how does that interfere with kind of nor normal life, if that makes sense, or everyday life? Because I guess you have commitments that yes. you can't get out of. <laughs> yes, uh, so... It really helps if you are uh, capable of being uh, quite organized with your time. I mean, uh, you need time to train uh, as part of, of an athletics lab or with the referee training sessions. Both are good. Uh, you need time to study the laws of the game. You, you need time to review your games. Uh, you need time uh, to prepare your games. And there is a lot of things that uh, you are going to miss on the weekends. What kind, of, what kind of preparation do you do for a, for a game? Uh, if I can, I watch uh, clips from the teams. It is not normal at this level of play, but sometimes you find some highlights on okay. YouTube. Uh, you find uh, uh, you can ask, uh, ask another referee and, and he's going to tell you who is uh, fast, uh, the way they like to play their set pieces. Uh, yeah, okay. And that really helps at least not to be surprised by the things they do. Okay, so it's like a little community. Oh, yes. community, yeah, and, and this is an amazing community. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I wanted to ask that I've always wondered yeah? is referees, I always find, tend to be older than players. Yeah. Obviously, you're, you're an exception to this, but... Especially if you look at most of the referees in La Liga or yeah. in the Premier League or you know the, the top leagues around the world, they tend to be... Most of them are older than players. There's a few exceptions. Yes. Is there any logical reason for that? Yes, think? there is. Uh, it is that uh, a player... Uh, my, if, if I were a world-class uh, football player, which I'm obviously not, and, <laughs> and, and, and I were spotted by, by one of the teams from, uh, from Madrid or from wherever... Yeah. Uh, they could uh, bring me a contract uh, and I would be hired and I would be playing in, in La Liga yeah. without having played in the second division, without having played in second division B, uh, third division, uh, preferente, etc. This is not the case for a referee. 
uh, ref uh, referees uh, need to uh, get uh, need to get uh, promoted at mm. each and every level. There is okay. no way to skip you can't a start division. At the top, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and there is no way uh, to skip a division. You yeah. just need to uh, to progress through each and every step of the football ladder. So, well, uh, if if you can count, there are a lot of uh, of divisions. Uh, while while a player, well, you can be 18 years old or even younger and be playing for Real Madrid, Atletico, from for Barca yeah, in if you're the good Champions enough, League final. You play, yeah. yeah, and for referees, obviously, That's you can be a great case. referee, but you need to work your way yeah. from the bottom to the to the top. What would you say are the most important qualities for a, a referee to have? Obviously, I guess authority. Yeah, you need to have, which is maybe yeah. a little bit related to age, possibly yeah. in some ways. Other things. Well, self-confidence that you need not only to have it but to project that because okay. if you are 100% uh, certain you are uh, getting decisions right but uh, people feel people uh, think that you don't feel that way that uh, that is something they don't like because uh, as you say authority is something needed and if they see that the that the person in church is not actually in church yeah they won't like it and that doesn't really help because take advantage of it yeah because if they are certain that i am going that i am going to spot uh, a penalty probably they won't make it they won't commit it unless uh, unless there is a, a do or die situation yeah. uh, and uh, i think well obviously fitness knowledge of the laws of the game blah 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 but uh, i mean i mean uh, i think that you are more interested in the psychological aspects in the uh, match management so I would say self-confidence, also empathy, because imagine uh, that uh, that uh, you are playing in one of the games of the state, you say, ref, uh, you should have given us that penalty with this stone. I'm not going to show you that for that, but, uh, but yes, I can talk to you and I can say what you need to hear so as to be convinced. And uh, so if you stop uh, argumenting with the referee, probably your partners, your teammates will follow you in not arguing with the referee. And that is something that really helps. And uh, really, the, uh, the, uh, uh, show, show your bats is not an attitude uh, that the football community demands. It's a little bit more empathetic. But obviously, if they don't want to cooperate, we need to use the cards and other tools that's what they're there for isn't it mm -hmm. yeah do uh, do referees have kind of refereeing idols or referees that you look up to do you have <laughs> do you have posters of Matteo <laughs> on your bedroom wall well obviously there are referees we like more and there are other referees we don't like as much obviously we comment on things that referees do for uh, the penalty uh, they see or, or the way they move they move around the field or the way they manage players uh, and with this, of course uh, we have a, a favorite referees uh, there are favorites we don't like as much but uh, still my least favorite referee in La Liga is an amazing referee okay it, it's right, just yeah. that I think that there are 19 of them who are who are in my opinion better but okay, it is yeah. I mean it doesn't mean that we take sides and really want uh, something bad for them. No, no. It's just that uh, we ha we hold some in higher esteem uh, than others, but just that. Okay. So it's not like 
it's not like being a fan when you look at no. a team and you look at a player and you think, oh, do you know what? This this player is rubbish. I could, no. I could do a better job oh, than this guy. No. It wouldn't happen with that. No, 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 no. And I, I am confident that the 20 referees in La Liga, that the 22 referees in second division and so on and so forth uh, could do a better job than... Uh, uh, can actually uh, do better than I could. That's why they're there. For now. <laughs> not, not, in the, not in the future. In the future, you're gonna be, you're gonna be up there. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you spoke. Uh, you spoke a couple of minutes ago. You mentioned some of the laws of the game. Yeah. Uh, I think there have been some recent changes to the laws of the game. That yeah. I know we were speaking before we started recording. Yeah. You feel were positive ones. Which which ones did you did you welcome as changes? Well, for instance, uh, three years ago, just before the Euros, uh, they introduced a change to abolish the straight red card uh, in case that a penalty was made and uh, it was an honest attempt to play the ball. Play the ball. It's like a, I think we call it the double yeah. jeopardy. Uh, yes, well, it, I, I have also heard, uh, heard a triple punishment or even quadruple punishment. Was it triple and quadruple? maybe going up now, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, uh, and, I mean, if there is an honest attempt to play the ball, even if it destroys an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Uh, it is uh, understood that a penalty kick restores an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And I, I do insist that it has to be an honest attempt to play the ball. Yeah. If I, if you are about to score and I just uh, grab your shirt, I am going to see, I am going to see a red card. Of course. Yes. Or if, yes, or yes, or if I make a brutal fall. And that change, I have to admit that when they published uh, the change, I was a bit skeptical. I, I said, mm, I like the idea, but I don't know how this will play out. But it took me 20 minutes, 20 uh, minutes. Yeah, uh, to change my mind. And it was just being in charge of a game. And minute 20, a uh, goalkeeper uh, just uh, was unlucky uh, to, uh, he was un unlucky uh, to tackle. Uh, the, a striker. It was just the case. The change was uh, uh, thought uh, was thinking of, and uh, of course I, I had to I had to think. Oh, now this is a yellow card, and just comparing the reaction and how it felt to how it used to feel when I had to show a straight red card made me think uh, this is perfect. It's the right decision. I yeah. really like the. Um the new rule from goal kicks. I think I've spoken to you about this. Yeah. About uh, this on Twitter with you. Yeah, because... Uh, I think it's a good Yeah, move. it used to be a, a bit annoying. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of goal, kick, goal kicks had to be retaken just because the ball hadn't moved a couple of inches. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in turn, this could be used by defenders uh, in case of very bad uh, goal kicks just to abort play. So that exactly. They, so that uh, the opponents couldn't take advantage of it's that. It's like they're under pressure, and they see they're under pressure, so yeah. they think, "Oh, I will just go into the box, yeah. and I'll, I'll yeah, be restart, yeah, yeah. restart the goal yeah. kick." Yeah. And uh, now, none, uh, none of that happens. And I think that the bar has been set at the at the right height because hmm. uh, now the kick uh, will have to be retaken if uh, if if the opponent uh, if the opponent uh, stay there. Yeah, stayed in the box. In the box, right? Yeah. yeah, which is something obvious because well, they had to be outside just to give them yeah, some room to play. Yeah. But if they didn't have time to leave and they didn't get the goal kick right, then that's the problem. That's their fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally agree. Okay, I've got one for you. I was listening to a podcast the other day, 
that it was suggested a new free kick rule that would be on a free kick, you didn't have to wait for the referee's whistle and you didn't have to pass it to another player. So oh. imagine you got fouled. Okay, stop the play quickly, but you can take the free kick to yourself and continue yeah. playing. One thing I have to say, and it is that uh, as a general rule, you don't need to wait for the referee to whistle, because unless yeah. uh, unless there is there, there is a card involved. And I feel I feel like some referees you can see them saying wait for the wait yeah for yeah the yeah, whistle. yeah yeah I, I, it I, depends I, right yes I do tell them to wait for my okay. whistle and okay. I, I make sure that they see the whistle yeah. because sometimes they are just thinking on the thing they are going to do and. And I think that's good for them because yeah. they see the whistle, they see the referee showing them the whistle, and they say, oh, okay, he's telling me to wait for the whistle. But, and, and well, that's uh, well, one part is already low because uh, you don't need to wait unless uh, there is uh, a card involved. And, uh, and that uh, free kick is not uh, a goal scoring opportunity because that's one of the recent mm-hmm. changes. Because okay. now imagine that, that, that I blow the whistle uh, and I award your team uh, a free kick. Then, even if I have to, to show a card to the opposition, if you can take the, the free kick quickly, I haven't uh, pulled the card out of the pocket. Okay, yeah. And you're ready and you have a novice goal scoring opportunity, then I can delay the card until the, next, sorry, yeah. yes, until the next stop it. But on the part of just uh, being able uh, to, to work with the ball, uh, to keep playing the ball, I I don't know. Uh, we would need to see that. Need to try it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We would need to try that. And maybe for quick critiques. Why not? But that needs that will need to be tried. And I'm sure that at some point that could be tried because uh, because IFAF, uh, who is the who is the body that is in charge of making the laws so and making amendments to the law. Yeah. Uh, they are constantly uh, making trials because uh, they they want the best for the game. Indirect free kicks. Why why do we have them? Well, because it is understood that some offenses uh, shouldn't give the opportunity uh, more than possession. Okay, uh, so it's, a, it's like a lesser offense. Yes, for instance, it? offside. Uh, I think it wouldn't uh, feel right for a team to score directly from offside. Or playing in a, in a, in a dangerous manner, okay. uh, which is uh, the juego peligroso that uh, in, in Spain. Yeah, dangerous play. Yeah, because uh, that doesn't feel quite right. That for such a driving offense, the opposition can even get a penalty. For instance. Okay. Yes. Or this is especially important for offenses uh, involving a player and uh, a player who has to be dismissed. Uh, let me explain. Uh, if uh, if you make uh, if you commit a red card offense, and for some reason there is an obvious goal scoring opportunity and I play advantage, okay, I have to show that red card to you. Okay? Right. I mean, like something like a brutal uh, challenge, okay. or, yeah. or, or, or who knows, or hitting an opponent in the face. Yeah, yeah. You are you are not going to get away with that. I would know. I would never do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, if after doing that you get involved in play, well, I think that all of us agree that you shouldn't not right, yeah. be allowed uh, to even touch the ball, to even uh, interfere with an opponent. So, if for some reason I delay that red card, and that reason would be something about to score, and if for some reason they manage uh, uh, to not score that and play continues, and you get involved, it's just 
just touch another player, just touch the ball, yes, he just breathes in front of <laughs> an opposition <laughs> player, then uh, possession is given to the opposition. How? With an indirect free kick, yeah. and you get your marching orders. Okay, good answer. Marching orders, that's <laughs> a brilliant phrase. Um, are there any strange laws that you can think of that maybe most people don't know about? Well, this one hasn't uh, happened in any of my games okay. in nine years, but it's something we are asked about each and every year, and this is something important should happen. If, uh, if a striker uh, walks off the field just to not get involved in active play, okay. just in case of being in an offset position, right. then uh, he can't uh, re-enter uh, unless the ball leaves the penalty area, etc. Et ah, so like uh, I think the next the, phase of, yeah. next phase yeah, phase because, of the attack yeah. or something like that. And, yeah. uh, and uh, well, that feels strange. Well, if you think it through, that's good because well you just work off the pitch just okay you don't want to get involved you get that but you shouldn't be able to come back you don't get an advantage from it yeah, yeah. that's it because uh, the loss of the game don't want offenders to get advantage yeah and i think this is a fair principle and yes this is this sounds strange at first you have to think about it uh, but uh, it makes perfect sense after you yeah, no, no, of course. Now, I have to take this opportunity to ask you about VAR or VAR, whatever we call it, uh, because I think we always hear about it from the point of view of players or managers or fans or analysts or journalists, uh, but we rarely hear about it from the perspective of the person who is actually there to help. Yeah. Um, so from a refereeing perspective, what are the, the benefits of, of VAR? I think you're... You're in favour of VAR, I think, right? Yes, yeah, I, I, I like I like the idea that we can turn back if we make a, a clear and obvious mistake in a key match incident. Is that maybe the problem? Is that the, the fact that they're not all only applying it to clear and obvious mistakes in many leagues? I I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, uh, especially when a decision goes against one of the teams, uh, supporters want uh, want that uh, to be changed because the, uh, the, the, the technology uh, that this takes is there, it's available. Yeah. But problem is that uh, at least at the present time, if we set a lower bar, then maybe we. Would be letting a lot of things to be uh, to be changed, and uh, for instance, uh, imagine that because of uh, one of the cameras uh, is uh, prevented from seeing the the right angle, there is not enough evidence that an offside call or a penalty or or a red card yeah. is clear and obvious, and the referee walks back in that decision without uh, being confident that it was a clear and obvious mistake. Then I think that would uh, denaturalize the decision-making process. Okay, yeah. Um, what do you think about the, the downsides of VAR? Are there things that you've seen from it? Obviously, you maybe haven't used it, but yeah. things that you've seen from it as a referee maybe you don't like so much. Well, maybe the fact that more time is being used uh, to review uh, those potential uh, clear and obvious mistakes. Yep. 
and uh, this is indeed something that uh, this is something that the referee community are working on because okay. uh, we would like uh, to waste at uh, as uh, as little time as possible and uh, to have as uh, as good and uh, as good an impact as possible. So if we could uh, bring down that uh, that time, that would be perfect. Because imagine that you score a goal. Uh, after uh, after you net the ball, you see you see the linesman with the, with the flag up, and you say, "Oh, come on!" Uh, and and then yeah, and, and then you have the referee telling you to wait because they are reviewing it, and you're waiting and waiting. Even if they just take 30 seconds, it feels like an eternity yeah, to you. Yeah. So uh, uh, so yes. Uh, If that happens with uh, factual decisions, such as uh, whether your positions were, uh, were your position was right or not, yes. Yeah. Imagine uh, when the case when the decision involved is a penalty. It's like subjective, isn't it? Sometimes, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, it sometimes. is always in the opinion of the referee, yeah. as you know. So, if you need to wait for two minutes, you are trying uh, to keep your cool, but you are beating your nails. I'm sure, yes, yeah. Yeah, you are. Uh, wishing that the referee comes to decision, and that feels really long, not only for players, also for supporters. And yeah. we would like to to see that time down. Really, do you think? Just on that, yeah. Do you think that maybe they should have a system where okay, you can see it a certain number of times, and it's like okay, if it's if it's not clear after a certain number of times, then it's it can't be clear or obvious. Yeah. But one of the what. Uh, that, uh, that that logic uh, sounds about right, but uh, there is uh, one of the principles, uh, and, uh, and and this and this is written uh, this way on the VAR protocol. That is that uh, accuracy, precision, is more important yeah. uh, that, uh, than time. So maybe you see something a couple of times uh, with the wrong angle, and. Uh, that is not enough. But uh, when you get the other angle, you say, oh, this is clear as day. Okay. So that is why there is no set uh, amount of uh, times you can watch the incident back. Uh, yeah, I know that when the fact, when the decision we're reviewing is just a fact, just whether the ball hit or did not hit uh, the arm, whether something happened just in or just out the box, whether the ball uh, was uh, in play or not in play, whether a player was offside or not, uh, that is immediate, normally. Yeah. Decisions that are in the opinion of the referee normally need the right angle, and then uh, you uh, you shouldn't uh, refrain from taking out of time. Just imagine that Scotland uh, are playing the World Cup final, <laughs> and oh, yeah, I'm already struggling. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? And imagine in the World Cup final, uh, the game is nil-nil in, in the last minute, and there is a penalty, and uh, we had the uh, we had the rule that the referee can only watch back seven times, and just the eighth review will have given Besides. Scotland that clear and obvious penalty. No, that's true. In that, in that case, I don't care if he takes three days to, <laughs> to review it and make the decision if he gives a penalty. So that's the point. That's fair. That's that's that's, that's logical. Is is the time the main the main aspect? Is is that the main thing we need to improve, or are there any other things that you think we need to improve with with VAR? 
Well, uh, not only time, but I also think that uh, communicating what's going on to the people who are in the stadium would be an important thing. Yeah, right. Because yeah. now uh, it is not only uh, because of the available technology in the stadium. Yeah. I mean, some stadiums have more screens than oh, others. Yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, well, if people knew what uh, went on, maybe, I don't know, maybe watching the watching the same that the referee is watching on the monitor. I don't know, but I really, I think that if, if we should be able, and I hope that we will be able to, to come up with a better way to communicate what happens on, especially to the people who are there, because if you're watching the game at home, you, you can actually see the VAR uh, watching. You see the process, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see all of that. In the stadium, I think there will be a, a way. Right, finally, the last the last thing I need to ask you about, and I think I've got this right, and if I've got this wrong, then I'll, I'll eliminate this. Um, but I, th I believe that there is, uh, as part of the VAR law, you need to give a yellow card to any player who enters the VAR room. Is that correct? No. Uh, That's not correct? No. I mean, uh, there, is the, there is the video operation room, colloquially known as the VAR room. Yeah. And entering there... Is uh, is something that will send send you straight to the straight to the changing rooms. Sorry, it's not a yellow card. Sorry, it's yeah. a red card. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I said yellow card. That's it because you can't uh, interfere with the VAR in any way. Uh, you get a yellow card if you enter the uh, the review area, which is the view, place, yeah, sorry, the, yeah, the, yeah, which right. is the place where the referee uh, watches the things on uh, on the monitor. But entering the VAR room is, is is a capital offense. But is the VAR room not in Las Rozas? Yes, uh, well... Uh, Which is how far away from every <laughs> stadium in Spain? <laughs> what if the game is played in La Rozas? <laughs> no, but uh, the, uh, the thing is that, for instance, in La Liga, it would, it would be a major work uh, to, uh, to, inst uh, to install uh, the VAR facilities in each and every stadium. And whenever a team gets to the second division, because there's also VAR in the second division, uh, to build a new VAR room and w what if they get relegated at some point what will they do with the VAR room so in the case of Spain we have the VAR room in Las Rozas and that's perfect because uh, yeah, the loss of the game the, uh, the VAR protocol allows for uh, the VAR room to be located at the stadium near the stadium <laughs> or in another location far away from the stadium so uh, you may find it funny but the, the first, the first, the first games with VAR in the Champions League uh, were in the v, in the VAR van just outside the stadium. Ah, right. Yeah. I did not know this. Okay. So, so it wasn't the FBI. It was the. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it, so it, so it was the the VAR uh, guys who were there next to the stadium. So if the player had taken the pain to uh, to run away from the stadium and enter that van, that they would have <laughs> the red card. But this is really. Now, seriously, this is a concept. They were thinking of the games where the VR room is in the stadium. Imagine a coach, a player going there to tell something to the VR. Of course, guy. yeah. I mean, there is no need to do that. And if they know that's the last thing they do in the game, I bet nobody will do that. Okay. I just had images of Sergio Ramos giving away a penalty and then running down the tunnel and jumping in a taxi uh, to go to Las Rofas to complain about it. To complain about it. Um, That'd be a fun thing to watch. <laughs> anyway, Samuel, I cannot thank you enough 
for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's been incredibly interesting. I'm sure everyone's going to be everyone's going to be in agreement. Uh, so it's been really refreshing to hear about the game from a totally different perspective to, yeah. to normal. So best of luck with everything, and I'll have to come along and watch a game you're at soon. You have incredibly kindly gifted me a referee's top and a yellow card and a red card. So I'm going to be along to come and support you uh, <laughs> in one of these games. I'm going to have your back. If you'd like to follow Samwell's progress, then you can follow him on social media at Sam10RC underscore EN on Twitter and at Sam10RC on Instagram. And he posts plenty of refereeing updates on Instagram in particular. That's it for the first season of the Team on Tours. Real Football Stories has been short, but hopefully it's been sweet. Thanks so much to everyone who's got involved with the podcast in one way or another. Please let me know what you've thought of these five episodes. All feedback and suggestions for the future are very much appreciated. Uh, and also make sure you subscribe and follow the Team on Tour on social media because there will be more stuff coming in the new year. We might even go back to YouTube for a little while, who knows. For now, have a fantastic Christmas and a brilliant new year and I'll speak to you again in 2020.